And there that is, WineCellarMedia.com. Folks already tuned into Blog Talk Radio. You got a little fourth wall breakage. Uh, everyone is doing something right now. Dr. Springler is actually about to go live up to the prefix very soon here. Yes. Uh, Phoenix and I are trying to get the hell out of this housing market in northern Illinois and get over to that one in Michigan where they're like, would you like way more square feet for actually less money a month? And we're like, yeah, that sounds neat. Sounds neat. We have now. Are you, are you guys buying? Are you folks buying? We rent, rent are to renting. Own. We're renting now and then hopefully buying in about two years. But will you be buying that place or are you trying to? We'll buy there, yeah. Yeah. And you don't want to move to some place like New Orleans when you can actually grow your own food. I, uh, no, I, I, I lived in the South for 12 uh, okay. years. Uh, I, already uh, grow, uh, I already grow my own food, well, a lot of my own food. Uh, so you guys, you don't mind the cold? No, no, not at all. All right. Because no. you know I've been able to convince people, obviously, with uh Chelsea has another name. It's Senor. It was given to her by a, I believe, a lesbian Mexican woman. And so I use that term. So I just want to, I know she gets embarrassed, but that was before she became Dr. Springler. She was Senor. Yes. Um, so I just, you know, I want to put that out there because I, I, I flip back. You know, she doesn't like, but the term stuck. Um, but anyway, um, anyway, I think you, you should consider because the, the, the revolution will be in New Orleans. It will be in the South. It'll, it'll just be in the South because there's guns, people. Anyway, all right. <laughs> I don't want to go to the South, man. I did my 12 years. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've already shot the argument down, but now comes the uh, the, the persuasive, that the, the, the tide that will develop over years of our conversation. Oh, okay. Why? You, so I, but you but got I mean, two years. I got two years. You got two years. But I mean, there's also guns in Michigan. I don't know if you know about people in Michigan, but. Um... No, I know. Yeah, no, I, I know, I know, I know. It's just, it's just drab up there. You know, it's the Midwest. People are boring. You know, yes, it's like, people are boring. you know, there's no voodoo up there. You know, just, just Christianity, you know. How close are you going to be to Detroit? Uh, we are going to yeah. be by somewhere between Grand Rapids and Kalamazoo. So pretty much the other side of the state. Yeah. yeah. You didn't want to go to Detroit? There's no factories there. Not not for the company oh, I already okay. work for. Cause that cause that right, way okay, okay. I can I can keep the wage that I've uh cause like since I started there, I've increased my yeah. wage by like forty percent and I need that. <laughs> I cannot Damn. start at the entry level again. Word, word, word. Damn, I get it. No, I get it. I get it. Appreciate your um yeah, my man Bruce Gritt saw that I'm, uh, from New York. By the way, he's I'm getting to have a list of communities that I can represent. Since so many white liberals uh, or false revolutionaries are representing marginalized communities, I'm going to start representing marginalized communities since I'm closer. But anyway, I'm, I'm getting a list of communities I can represent. Um, but uh, he, he saw your I mean, some people I know saw your um, post from the factory and they're like, yeah, that shit, you know, that that needs to be part of what you do. Um, um, and my man who, um, Eton, the, uh, the, the journalist, um, he was like, well, is that guy even a real worker? And I was like, yes, he works in a factory. And he was like impressed. So um, thanks for that. I like that those updates from the factory, just don't get caught. Oh yeah. Yeah, and I, I really am real. Like I'd be, I'd be forgetting to reload my toolbox. I come home with wrenches in my pocket. Like I, right. I really am in there. <laughs> right. 
Well, that's good stuff for the revolution. I think it's more skills too. Like, yeah. like we, we the the machines can still be used for something, right? Like, if the electricity yeah. is coming from wind power, and if we're using mm-hmm. a biodegradable film, then a packaging machine can still run exactly the same, but on sustainable energy. Right. Yeah. Technologies we're gonna need when it yep. gets real deep. Now, this uh, talk fury, what I had set up here, somebody found a post from Dr. Springler. This was interesting because I saw it on someone else's wall first. And Mm -hmm. it states that um, last month, some of us were given flack for questioning the defund the police movement. Our suspicion was that liberals that have no interest in changing the racist system at large, particularly white liberals who have such a large stake in it, have uh, have ulterior motives in focusing on police only. We mm-hmm. predicted the growth of privatized police force would be the backhanded result of defunding public police because the powerful institutions supporting defunding have no interest in allowing the private and nonprofit sectors to be separated from the enforcement arm of the capitalist system. The bar Indeed. will be set even lower for accountability from police in that case. And here we are. And then um, there is a quote from an article with some interesting new practices. Phoenix Kalita took an interest in this. Dr. Springler took an interest. And I'm sure Eric Hudson did. So we will kick off with this story. I don't know yes. how many of you have the article up in front of you right now. But the, um, do Oh, you have it in front of you? Yeah. All right. Let, let's party. Uh, um, you know, this... This article, it's from City Pages. If you go to citypages.com, kind of wrote this story a few days ago. Um, the title, if anyone out there wants to look it up, is called After Cutting Ties with Police, Minneapolis Schools Are Quietly Hiring Security Guards. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the, the school board, yeah, the Board of Education of Minneapolis, um, in response to the George Floyd murder and the protests, said that they're going to not have um, police in schools anymore. And so that was the, the main um, thing they passed, that they got a lot of praise for being this progressive city and school board mm-hmm. and all this stuff. Um, and now superintendents are hiring um, or private security firms to do the same thing uh, while getting all this praise and kind of spinning protesters in circles. That's my thing. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, my initial comment is that this is the problem. Um, one, not knowing the leaders, maybe, in some cases, not uh, not having a lot of accountability for who are leaders and why, who makes these decisions, and the people, the demands that are made, how does it get followed through, and how happy are people to just say, oh, great, you're pulling police out of schools, you're my hero. Like, mm-hmm. those people aren't really on their side. But if, you, if you don't put adequate pressure on and then keep it up, then they still have way more power in these situations than to keep doing and spinning whatever they want. So I think that's that's part of the issue here. Yeah. Um, yeah, for me, it was two things. First, I saw this coming because I actually, um, back many, many moons ago when I was in high school, uh, they did something like that. They actually had police in as sort of um, 
liaisons between police and the school district to like, you know, if you see something unsafe, there's an officer you can report to type bullshit. And basically the cops were fucking around and um, actually caused multiple fights because uh, one of the cops who was involved from the police station kept sleeping with other people's wives. And it like, you know, turned into a very... Um, aggressive situation in the school and so the school's big idea then was well we still like the program but we can't trust the police let's pull in private security guards and again that made things worse so like i kind of already saw this coming because i've seen this played out before but my biggest thing about this is people who on a very basic um a very basic a very shallow level understand the concept of like defund the police because police are bad but it has not occurred to them that other um people are also not good Right, I'm seeing a lot of this, well, just replace the police with social workers. And it's like a lot of social workers are also deeply invested in white supremacy and racism and ableism and classism yeah. and all these things, you know. And so, like, I was like, no, you can't just replace police with social workers. Not that social workers are bad, but they really need to be vetted just doing this sort of, as long as they're a social worker, it's okay. And I right. was like the same thing with security guards. Just because someone is a security guard and not an official cop does not mean that they're also not invested in um, you know, white supremacy and these sort of, um, like, petty criminalizations, right? Because it's still going to be their job if they're still in the school to punish a child for being late. The first response is to punish a child for being late instead of asking, what is preventing you from being here on time? How can we, you know, help that? Or it's, um, you know, still being somebody who's in a position of authority who can abuse students. And so people just really have this super, super basic understanding and haven't really critically examined what defund the police means and what that looks like in practice. Because it's like, oh, well, as long as it's not an actual cop, the person must be okay. And it's like, that is not a guarantee that they're going to be okay. A lot of other systems still involve penalizing children, still involve um, upholding white supremacy, still involve um, shaming children or seeing children as bad for not falling into typical uh, middle-class white suburban um, views of how life should be and like that's mm -hmm. just really not being discussed and so like that's like I keep seeing it coming and it's like super frustrating that this is happening but people are really thinking that it's um gonna be a good thing and that this is gonna work and it's gonna be shitty and in 10 years from now we're gonna have to go back and be like oh maybe this you know like the fucking crime bill fuck Okay, yeah, this area, again, we're trying to get out of this slum hole because <laughs> something about the, you know what, I, I kind of want to record this. I, I want the program to pick this up. All right, Go good, the it. audio is picking this up. Something that you notice with the slumlords out here in uh, northern Illinois, maybe where you are as well, they, uh, mm -hmm. they think that they're actually carpenters, electricians, and mechanics because they simply don't want to pay for that service. Mm-hmm. So they mm -hmm. tend to do all that shit themselves, which is why we can't boil a pot on the stovetop and, like, microwave a bowl of green beans with some butter and garlic powder on it at the same time. If you do those yeah. both at the same time, switch goes out, gotta go in the basement, and, you know, you, you have to do a little dance with the daddy long legs down there, <laughs> and then the daddy long leg spiders allow you to go in the electrical box and flip it back on yeah and so right, yeah right, right. <laughs> i want to get away from these feather muckers let me get this uh, mm -hmm. facebook live back up right. and running mm -hmm. oh jesus it seemed and you know why it seems so cool moving here because it was like the other place was so shitty yeah the other place was super shitty yeah where like, was the other place where was the other place it was Sunny Apartments. I don't know if they kept the name Sunny because a cat named Lucky yeah. bought it and may have changed it to his name. And um, yeah. 
like his for name the, is not sorry. Lucky. Oh, it's just oh, that's not his name. That's not his real name. Phoenix Bleeder doesn't Phoenix Bleeder doesn't trust capitalists for some reason. Yeah. Call me crazy. <laughs> okay. Now, how far are you away from Carpentersville? Seaville, the Ville. Not far. Um. Okay. Maybe like 15, 20 minutes, maybe. Yeah, there, yeah, there was a lot of brothers from CHA out there. Ville. Seaville. They was beefing with the Mexicans. Really? You don't say. Right. <laughs> this was back in the day. Brothers from the Greens, both brothers and the sisters from the Greens Road up there. All right. And that and you saying that is right where the Facebook Live picks back up. That'll be nice and ominous. Mm-hmm. And folks mm-hmm. will only uh, hear what preempted that if you hear the podcast mm-hmm. audio, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> which will be on the uh, regular feed if you go on your iTunes, Stitcher. Mm-hmm. Apparently someone put our Stitcher. thing in Pod Attic. Addict? Okay. Yeah, like sure. multiple podcast applications. Right. You search for Wine Cellar Media, and you can get Talk Fury, Swapcast, Social Dissonance. They all go through that feed, or they also go through the Patreon feed. All right, we had a hiccup uh, with the electricity service out here, mm-hmm. and that knocked out our mm-hmm. Wi-Fi, so I have us back on on the personal hotspot yeah. feature mm-hmm. of this uh, smart device. All right, so I don't even right. remember where you left off at. Oh, right, so... Oh. We were. Oh, go ahead, Chelsea. Eric and I kind of kept talking for a few minutes because we weren't sure if we were still live. We are not technical, so we thought we could be live and don't know what's happening. So we can kind of repeat a bit of where we were at um, after the connection got lost. But um, you know, one thing I said, and you know, Eric, maybe you want to say something. Repeat what you said, real quick. Um, But I, I think we give people way too much credit in the present for being anti-police as if that's like a revolutionary thing in itself and what i mean by that is like the defund police is another reform movement i'm not saying that that's like the not the right thing to do under a lot of these contexts right now but it's it's very again when they're very isolated on just that and it allows them to separate from all of the other institutions that they're connected to because most of them aren't working class people who go and become cops. I'm not saying it's an excuse for cops, but most of them had way more access to other jobs and um, not through the government or something like that. They went to college, they become social workers, they have a master's degree, social workers, something like that. You know, not to, I know we give social workers a lot of, you know, um, low credibility, but you know, they're just, it's a really relevant um, career path and nonprofit expansion industry right now that doesn't get a lot of criticism, like you were saying. So, you know, there's just so little, like the bar is held so low and defund police becomes this revolutionary cry when they're not talking about any of the other multitude of things that have to be done for a revolution to happen. And that's how all these things sneak in. Okay, private police, but they get cookies for like doing the bare minimum. And um, yeah, I'm trying to remember what else you were saying. Eric, did you, did you want to say what you No, were? well, you know, I try, I try to avoid these, you know, because... Um... You know, again, I'm from Inglewood and my people are still there. And so these people who, you know, again, white liberalism does far more harm to my community, you know, than cops. And, you know, I'm not pro-police. I'm not, I mean, I'm, I'm a revolutionary. And so if you're not telling me how we can bring this system to its, to its knees, that's what I'm concerned about. And so, yeah, I mean, these liberals are just dangerous and um, they don't understand, 
you know, they're just they're just they're just dangerous. They they're just dangerous. So I don't want to. Um, and for those and those tuning in live, um, this is in reference to the Minneapolis um, school board allowing um, yeah. private security to be brought into schools yeah. to police children. Um, after getting all of this praise for kicking out um, the Minneapolis Police Department from policing or being SROs or whatever at schools following the George Floyd protest. So mm -hmm. that's what's happening. And let me, let me give some clarity. I can, let me focus on that just a bit. So the thing is, when a cop comes into a school, that cop is actually working for, they're on their off hours, but they are actually working as a, in our case, a Chicago police officer. Mm -hmm. So they are considered a Chicago police officer, which is why they can make arrests and do what they do. So that means that if that cop screws over somebody's kid, then the Chicago then then the Chicago city of Chicago is liable just as if that cop did that did that stuff on the street. Mm -hmm. So that's a big that's a big important thing for a parent or a child. If that cop is a private if that if that's a security guard, then you have limited liability. That means you're suing someone who may, you know, that means you're going to, you're not suing, you're, you, the corporation that he, that that person works for is going to be like suing a, a private corporation, not the city of Chicago. So that makes it a lot more difficult to sue. You're going to be suing that person. So that means if that person is making $35, you know, $35,000 a year, good luck on that. So it's just, and this is why, you know, the same people that are, and this is why George Soros is pushing this stuff. He runs these corporations. This is why, this is why Ford Foundation, these are the same people that push privatization of schools, the small schools movement. I'm not going to name these people because they live in Logan Square, but they are the lovely liberal. I mean, these people are known, but these, but this is a thing of, the, the defund police movement is the same type of people. It's, it's, it's neoliberalism. And it's just, you know, it's just how black suffering is used to, um, you know, to make liberals rich. And these, and these, these, these same, these same keep, keep these same liberals that are talking about it. They're not the ones who are, who are on the streets in Portland. They're not, they're, they're not going to be there to fight people to I don't want to advocate for violence but when the revolution when when this hits the that when this hits the when the pave hits the movement they're not going to be the ones fighting for black liberation they're going to go home and so these we we've got to start educating people and calling out the the calling out the poverty pimps that's what we need to be doing and um this connect to a something I started predicting in 2012 about private police too. Um, I, when I was in Detroit, I went and visited the Occupy Detroit yeah. chapter um, in 2012. They were hosting a conference that summer that was called Occupy the Midwest. So a whole bunch of different Occupy chapters people went up there to meet and figure out, kind of talk about what's going on between different chapters of the Occupy Wall Street movement. And um, Detroit was banging, by the way. I mean, it was it was so much better than Chicago. Uh, they, had, they had all this stuff going on. And a lot of it was because 
things have been so defunded in the city that there's a lot of opportunity to just take over a whole block because it had mm -hmm. been mm. so devastated and real and revolutionary stuff it but... was so decimated a decade ago um because you know all the factories were gone all the jobs were gone public transportation was gone there's no funding for that there was mm -hmm. like i think i heard point there was only something like 50 police officers on duty across the entire city so it, everything had shrunk so far which meant they could take over buildings and squat and make an entire co-op on the block mm -hmm. if they wanted to so that was a difference um but they were willing to do those on the ground things and reclaim houses and start doing time and skill shares and kind of their own bar bartering kind of local stuff that was really inspiring to me. And that's part of the stuff I talk about now that we want to do in theory. Anyway, we'll get on that. We've talked about that in previous shows. But so something that happened when I was visiting and seeing all these projects was I was driving around with a few other people from Detroit and to get to one of the, um, this kind of anarchist commune block that had been taken over. It was called Golden Gate, um, the street, I guess, at the time. We had to pass, you know, Oprah's mega church that was there amongst all the destruction and devastation. And there's Oprah's mega church. And then we drove through a really wealthy um, neighborhood. It was like the only white enclave left by the city of Detroit. And we drove through it to get faster back to one of the occupied places. And we're driving through and we see this mansion. We kind of like stop for a minute. And we're like, man, what if we, just joking and saying, what if we took over one of these? Of the smaller mm -hmm. houses and we just had like it would just be a huge revolutionary hub and all kinds of people could stay there and so we were just like looking at it and joking and within like five seconds of us stopping on the curb private police rolled through came up behind us took a photo of uh the light or my friend's license plate in the back and asked us to get out to talk to us and we were like well who are you it's completely just black car shaded windows mm -hmm. and you know it was a brother who got out and he's like Gangsta. oh yeah i'm with this I'm with this uh, such and such, um, you know, security firm. We protect this neighborhood, and anyone who stops that we don't recognize, we we, we just take a photo of you and play it. That's a, they had already done, it. like, and then we were just like blown away because it was faster than anything, like the cops or anything like that. And we were like, what? What is this? So they, so the thing with Detroit was that it seemed like they were like a decade in front of the rest of the country in terms of what was happening in their city and how far neoliberalism had pushed them that the only resources there, even in security, was completely privatized. So yeah. it was just really, it was like just completely wild everywhere else. And then there's these hardcore motherfuckers who were doing security for this gated, basically white neighborhood that was left. And so that was like, a, I was like, man, if this is happening in Detroit and we see them kind of like they're the first real victim city of this, what is it going to be like in other cities? Is that, what, is that part of what's happening in Minneapolis? Well, liberals get praised for cutting police. This is their, is, it, is this the next, this is just another part of neoliberalism, like you were saying. It is. I mean, Blackwater's already, Blackwater's already in Detroit. Blackwater's already um, in Wisconsin. Blackwater's already in the upper, I mean, they're already there. And I mean, it's not just Blackwater. I mean, it's it's all sorts of, but that's the thing. There will be, because in order to, they, they are peace officers. Mm -hmm. And that's a term where you are able, that's full police power. You can go to different, you know, there's background checks, but they are police officers and they yeah. are private. So um, in Fort Heights. There is a fund in Latin America. It's going to be, it's going to be right yeah. there. Yeah. 
when when we we did that press conference at uh, for the rapist uh, pol- speaking of the rapist uh, park police uh, uh, guy, you know there were there were private security folks and they looked scared. I mean they they these were black folks and this is Ford Heights um, uh, in Chicago, and so no, it's it's going to be really real and you will have these sort of fifteen dollar an hour. Um, uh, security guards, and then you will have the quote real police, and they will be paramilitary people who come back from the you know. Yeah. We this is, and this is why we got to get revolutionary because all of this stuff is happening, and we're so busy with these liberals telling us what we're going to protest, what we're going to focus on, and they will not be for here for us when this shit breaks off. They're going to leave us by ourselves. We ain't gonna be prepared. This is dope. And just so folks know, uh, I'm trying something that I think is pretty neat while broadcasting. Apparently, you can switch to um, to primary speaker view. So when the messenger knows it's coming from you, the screen focuses on you, yeah. and then that translates over to the Facebook Live. So that was that was Damn. pretty neat. So like wow, because yeah, I have a separate screen monitoring the Facebook Live, and so it like switched from Springler to you when you pass the mic. So that's a d- dope little neat thing. All right, and yeah, and, and folks, I, I think uh, some folks might be tuning in, or may have been tuning in for a while. And yeah, there are George Soros critiques from the left. Yeah, which I remember they first came up with um, with David Pakman, who he has a little taste for the boot, but you know he does his thing. But uh, when David Pakman brought that critique up about known bootlicker pr- Supreme, really, I, I gotta respect him for it. Mm-hmm. Bootlicker Elon James White of mm-hmm. This Week in Blackness, when it was like, why is Elon so oddly anti-Bernie? when Elon barely even talks about politics as is, like, as soon as Sanders came out, heads Um, like Elon were instantly like, fuck him. And that's why they were mentioned in the Podesta emails. Yeah, Yeah. because This Week in Blackness is getting paid to... Because, like, they tend to be under the same, um, like, managing agencies for talent, which, like, uh, Charlemagne the Fraud, Char Kelly is under. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so you find out, like, gee, why are all these people so damn centrist? And that's just a part of their job under their management. Yep. Which, I mean, of course, makes sense, too, because it seems like once people get money, they don't want to, um, like, give back to the communities, you know? And I think that is part of that neoliberalism shit. It's like, it's, it's like fucking poison. Like, once you touch it, you know, it's just so hard to get away from it. But, um, you know, just going back to this whole idea of privatizing things, I think that's an incredibly neoliberal thing. And I also think it's incredibly harmful. And I guess what, I don't know if shocked is the word at this point, but what really gets me is like, we already have private prisons. They do not treat inmates well. Why would anybody still be convinced that privatizing anything is a good idea? Like, Money. Cream crashes you know? everything around me. Cream, which I mean, I get, but it's not just the people getting paid making this argument, and it's just like it's everybody else that unconcerned, oblivious, but, willfully ignorant. Like, what is happening? Because there's people who are it's not. The, uh-huh. It's the manufacturing of consent. This is what the media has done. They man, they manipulate emotions and they manufacture consent. And this was the whole fucking, this was the whole anti-Trump campaign. I mean, I love someone to come up and try to tell me why Biden's record is better than Trump's. You just can't win that argument. And then you get so many black folks say, 
I it ain't even I I'm not uh uh no 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 just like can't even engage it. I mean mm-hmm. the thing is is that for four years the same people that destroyed that brought Trump in yeah they immediately became the Trump resistance yeah and so these people spent four years demon like poking the village idiot mm-hmm. poking the bear. So instead of coming up with a revolutionary counter, they're not about that. They come in with someone, it's about who they control. They would rather have Trump than Bernie Sanders. Yeah. So the whole four years was spent demonizing Trump while destroying Bernie Sanders for Biden. Yeah. And we went, we, we go, we go along with this because this is what they, I mean, they spend so much money doing this, but this is what they do. It's manufacturing consent. This stuff goes all the way back to World War One, And this is what they're good at. Which is actually also was Freud, by the way. But anyway, I'm sorry. Go on. Yeah, it's super interesting with the whole manufacturing consent thing. But also like um, the people who are anti-Trump, it's literally only because he's Trump and they're still pretending like somehow removing Trump is going to fix things. But I don't know if y'all saw, um, oh, who the fuck is that? Uh, the South African guy, the billionaire, the Tesla guy. I just forgot his name. Oh. Elon Musk. Did yeah, y'all see I, his uh, tweet? About I didn't, the, um, I didn't see the tweet. <laughs> mask all the way the fuck off. All the way the fuck off. Um, somebody tweeted something like, and every day it's more apparent that um, the United States ousted Evo Morales uh, in a coup so that uh, Tesla could get the lithium. And he responded oh, yeah. to it and said, we can coup whoever we want. Like, yeah. Yeah. like I don't know. I don't know what else to do Love at this point. Honesty. Like, they're literally telling you what they're doing and people are still like, I don't know, maybe he's not a bad guy, he's, you know. What, what, <laughs> what he's saying is, is the truth is that there has been a corporate coup d'etat of all three branches of government. And the Democratic Party has assisted that with NAFTA, Mm -hmm. with all of these free trade agreements. This was Barack Obama with the bank bailouts, Mm -hmm. with putting the same brankers. It's been a coup d'etat. And this is why when they're like, okay, let's just get Biden in, then we worry about, no, no. Mm -hmm. The only thing what Biden will do is allow us to go right back to sleep. Yes. And black folks will be out there on their own. The liberals are not going to care because they're going to just be so happy. No, this this is the okie doke. This is like this is this is okie doke. I think with Biden in particular, when he you know, the quote was uh, one of his um, expensive fundraisers. It was he telling a room full of millionaires, nothing will fundamentally change. I'm like, he meant that shit, (laughs) but he also meant it for us. Oh, yeah. You know, and I I think um, the most interesting thing and of course, it gets me blocked all the time on social media is people say they do this thing all the time. It's like, well, we just need to get Biden in and then we can worry about or we just need to get Trump out. And then I'm like, okay, so what are your plans? Right. Instead of letting yep. people say this, like you fucking question, what are your fucking plans then? What do you after Biden gets in, he wins the inauguration day two of his presidency. What are you doing to help black people? What are you doing to help the working class? What are you doing to make sure everybody has access to health care? What are you doing to stop, um, you know, corporations from polluting the environment and giving people cancer and putting lead in the water and shit like that? Like, what are your and nobody has a fucking plan. And it's like, but you want me to vote for Biden under this like idea that once he's in y'all are gonna suddenly start caring and change shit but you don't even have a fucking plan you don't like what what are we doing what are we doing are they gonna push biden the way they pushed obama because they didn't push obama all they did was make excuses for eight years straight and demonize people who criticized obama took them off the media so people like porno west off the media for trying to do something 
Are they going to do something like that? Oh, did they, they didn't criticize Clinton, except when he, you know, two consenting adults had a, had a, had a sexual act in, in the Oval Office, and then they, they went after Monica Lewinsky. Yep. I mean, that was the only person that, like, really came out of there. I mean, you know, the, that, you know, because that, that Bill Clinton was like, got to show you, sorry, Monica, got to throw you under. I mean, they, they went after <laughs> her, but no, they... They didn't go after, and I'm not, you know, I don't blame him. I don't blame those two consenting adults, but I did not blame him when he threw her under the, you know, when yeah. all of a sudden it became that she was demonized. Yeah. Um, but no, they don't blame, this, see, the thing is what this is, this is about white, Trump scares white people that they're privileged, white liberals, mm-hmm. the liberals always get their privilege taken care of. Yeah. And Trump scares them. You know, he scares them and he scares them. You know, the, the, what Trump, the security state hates the guy mm-hmm. because he's, he destate like he, you know, wants to pull out of Syria one day. You know, what I mean, he de- wants to have peace with North Korea, wants to, you know, friends with Putin. He's destabilizing possible money for the military industrial complex. He's erratic. He pisses off the allies, wants to get rid of NATO. This is a lot of money that he's messing with. And it's like, he's a capitalist, absolutely. But he's he doesn't come from it. He doesn't come from the establishment where the military is his, is important to him. Like, right. he doesn't care. If he's a populist. Falls. He's in real estate. He hasn't been in politics for 40 years like Biden, where all of his everything comes from yeah. establishment. Mm-hmm. He, why is the military need money? I, I just want, you know, New York to have real estate. You know? that's, well, that, that's why they, in that... That, okay. that, so that's actually that's not it's a good thing that he's like yeah we'll say what's more that we don't need to spend money on this and that yeah we're gonna, gonna bring back some jobs for some right-wing white supporters like that makes sense and that's an act with him but like it, it, he's it's not he's not like irrational he's not stupid he's but he's not part of the establishment he's taking a different route that again isn't part of liberal industry so. And he's not scripted, which is another thing. You know, right now, all presidents are scripted. Obama was the Benetton president. He was the most scripted. But the other thing is, if you saw the latest congressional bill where both Democrats, Democrats and Republican parties voted to expand the military industrial complex. I don't know if you, you folks saw that, where both yeah. um, uh, parties, ex, you know, expanded the military budget. Also in that legislation was... They blocked Trump from decreasing troops. This was the last piece of yeah. legislation uh, that they, they blocked Trump from decreasing troop movements. You know, this this is we are. It's insane. So I just want to say for the record, though, I do actually think Trump is stupid. I think um, most rich people are stupid. And that's because they <laughs> I know I seriously do because they live in a bubble where they do not have real world experience. And so it's always like oh, I'm getting advice from a policymaker or, you know, this is what worked for me, even though my experience is like not relevant to 95% of the country type shit. So no, actually, I I think all rich people are stupid. So I'm just going to throw that out there. It's like my little disclaimer. (laughs) I think Trump is just stupid. I think think he's stupid, just stupid in a different way. I don't, I I think Trump is smarter than Biden. I mean, by, because Trump's a real estate developer in New York. That's, you know what I mean? He deals with people. You know, and even this dumb TV show, what what is it? I'll fire you or something. Yeah. I mean, Biden exists in a bubble of the plutocracy. I think they're, you know, that 
I, I think they're both competent in their particular arenas, but outside of those arenas, they're both fucking stupidish dog shit. Just dumb as dog shit. Like outside of yeah, their I particular mean, I, yeah. arenas. Yeah. yeah I, they just have I, I different the arenas. Is, like, yeah. 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 yeah, I mean, I, yeah, yeah. None of them got to where they were because they worked hard nor because they're smart. They got there because they're privileged. Right. Yeah. Yep. It's certain because they, they are any smarter than anybody else. And again, having experience, real world, world experience makes class people have a lot more knowledge in a lot of ways than right and you know that's like the thing to me like people be like oh iq test matter what's your iq and it's like i don't uh, you know like that's stupid to me like iq is not a relevant measure of anything because like take away trump's money his name his recognition make him be working class for three months and like let me see him maintain like a working class job and not get evicted and not starve to death all at the same time I bet you he can't. Well, as it well, with Trump Biden, a, as Pelosi, as basically yeah. anybody in fucking office, like. Well, well, Trump is Trump has benefited. He's he's a lifelong Democrat, so he's benefited. Those fourteen bankruptcies he had, yeah, those were made possible by Joe Biden. And right. what it did was they let people like Trump have endless bankruptcies, like yep. endless wars. Meanwhile, if you were a victim of domestic violence or. You know, mm-hmm. you were poor. You couldn't, you know, with student loans, you can't declare. You got deadbeat, a wife who's married to a, who has a deadbeat. I don't even know why I call them dads. Because, I mean, if you're not taking care of your kids, you you, you ain't a dad. But, um, yeah, I mean, so this was this was designed, Biden's legislation was designed for people like Trump. Yep. You Absolutely. know, they're, 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 you know, now it's just thieves fell out. Yep. As my right. grandmother used to say. Okay, so I, I, I hear... I hear oh. Doc, Dr. Springler over there apparently doesn't trust the system and thinks that she knows how Joe Biden got in the game. Why don't you hear Joe Biden tell you himself how oh he got in the game? Oh, my Jesus. What law school did you attend? And where did you place in that class? And the other question oh, is, could you quickly... I, I think, we I, I, think I probably have a much higher IQ than you do, I suspect. <laughs> I went to law school on a full academic scholarship, the only one in my in my class uh, to have a full academic scholarship. Mm-hmm. The first year in law school, I decided I didn't want to be in law school and ended up in the bottom two-thirds of my class and then decided I wanted to stay, went back to law school, and in fact ended up in the top half of my class. I won the international moot court competition. I was the outstanding student in the political science department at the end of my year. I graduated with three degrees from undergraduate school and 165 credits, only need 123 credits, and I'd be delighted to sit down and compare my IQ to yours if you'd like, Frank. All right. (laughs) I would be willing to bet that my IQ is higher than Joe Biden's. I'm just going to throw that out there. As someone who was black and in foster care, I had a regular IQ test. I promise you my shit is higher than his. Hmm. Uh, William, you know, if you go to uh, Biden's lies, all of that stuff's a lie. He he retracted it. All of it. All of it. So if you go to Joe Biden's lies, it'll be right on YouTube, too. He he retracted all Mm -hmm. that. And it was Sam Donaldson, by the way. Um, I don't sir, know if you remember him. You cannot clutch your pearls while wearing a dashiki. It just doesn't work. Y- yes, you can. Yeah, I think you can. The, um, so you mean to tell me that the white man who played second fiddle to hardcore Negrotarian of dark skinuating stances, Barack Hussein Obama, you're telling me he would lie when he stood behind and supported Obama when he offered our social security to Mitch McConnell. Remember that was 2013. Woo! 
Yeah. And remember how folks yeah. were always, how you were talking about earlier, all they did was make excuses for Obama. And one of those was, you get, gotta wait till he gets into his second term. Then he'll show mm -hmm. you who, who he really is. Oh, yeah. And it's That's like, the, oh, yeah, I remember that one. Let's ramp up yeah. that quantitative wow. easing. That's who he really is. Yeah, if you go to if you go to the video, you'll see that Biden stole like speeches from uh, British parliamentarians mm -hmm. and John Kennedy word yes. for word. Yeah, actually, all that of this was, is well documented. Isn't that why one of his uh, previous presidential um, elections got stopped is because it came out that it he is. was plagiarizing from American and British politicians like that's why. The plagiarism is, and of course, the plagiarism about law school, too. But that was why one of his yeah. uh, previous campaigns tanked. And now here he is. Welcome to failing upwards, folks. So it's like somehow. Thank you. Yes, failing upwards. <laughs> wait, wait, hit the theme song for moving on up. Failing on up. Finally. <laughs> Joe Obama doing in 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 Michelle and Obama moving on up with the key. You know, no, I mean, it's ridiculous. Right. And it, this is this is who we got. This is what the Democrats have thrown, <laughs> thrown up. It's like they projected vomit like from the exorcist. Yeah. Now, folks, folks tuned in. Remember, like we're not just broadcasting together here, but like <coughs> again, what you're seeing witnessing here is us also getting to know each other at the same time. Yeah. So we want to know if you notice what Phoenix noticed. I didn't notice this when it happened. But when um, the shit libs were like, oh, Melania Trump stole Michelle Obama's speech. Yes. Which it was very similar, but I doubt Melania actually looked right. at Michelle's speech. They probably just had similar writers that do similar cookie cutter bullshit. Yeah. But how come conservative Republican and liberal Democrat crowds both liked the same speech? I think there's a problem there. <laughs> there's a problem there. <laughs> Like, I mean, I feel like I was oh, yeah. right on that one. Like, whether it was intentionally plagiarized or not, the problem is that both parties found it to be a great motivational speech. It wasn't. It was a terrible speech because it was that, like, luck and bootstraps and if I can do it, anybody else can. And oh, God. which also means what, like, 90% of the population is just choosing to be in poverty and be poor and not have fucking access to food and medication and clean air and clean water. Because, like, you know... Why would you want something like healthy food and clean water? That's silly. Well, there's what? a lot of folks out yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> and liberals are cool with, you know, liberals are, they are totally cool with us being impoverished and literally living like fucking dogs. I mean, like living like animals. And that's, and the and the screwed up thing is black folks are comfortable with it too. We're, we're comfortable with it too. But I'm, I'm you know, we're comfortable, I'm not. But we're comfortable with it too. And as you know, as a, a radical feminist, how I would consider myself exclusively not a regular feminist, because feminists have fucked things up so much. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, I really resent the Democratic Party for co-opting politics the way they have, because again, it's like someone like Melania Trump that they'll make into this like white supremacist housewife-like enemy. Um, <laughs> If she can say the same thing as Michelle Obama, but it's okay when Michelle Obama says it because she is the first lady, the first black woman first lady, it, that's not okay. That's not the things that people need, including people that Michelle Obama is representing in that mm -hmm. scenario. Yeah. They get to say away with it. And why do we let them get away with it? I, we should make no excuse for them. They don't get to control them. Well, that's and, what they had them. I mean, that's, 
that's why I think they were, that's why I, you know, that's what they needed the money from the black community and resources are scarce now. And now we are the internal communities. You know, yeah. Malcolm X said it, that the, the South and the West sides and Detroit, these are internal communities, just like the Belgian Congo, mm -hmm. you know, just like the, the diamond mines in South Africa, under the beers. Our suffering has tremendous values and the liberals benefit off of it, um, you know, and yeah. so it's, it's, you know, this is where we are. Well, I think there's also like the um, the in, uh, intentional racism of it, right, where it's OK when Michelle Obama says it. But there's that um, sort of tokenizing and infantilism of, you know, we can't critique a black woman you know, lest we be called racist, even though we know what is happening is, uh, you know, just some straight up fuckery, but we'll tolerate it. And we get to use the black woman as a shield for um, yeah. having like bad politics. But because that but that's really because we don't want to change the system ourselves. Right. And so we're like we're happy to put a black woman uh, to the face or to the forefront, especially a dark skinned black woman to the face and forefront to be like, oh, sorry, can't critique it. If you do, you're a racist. But it's really just an excuse to uphold um, oppressive systems that are already in place. Like, it's really some fucking bullshit. And if you can't you know, for a movement, like I hear the same thing with even the entire movement of Black Lives Matter, for instance. I have a lot of criticisms of the way it's gone and some of the leadership and decisions that have been made as a political organizer and a radical. Just the way I would with Sanders' campaign and his whole movement, Bernie's movement, the same way mm -hmm. I would with any movement. And the thing is, is if you can't criticize it, or in general other people can't criticize it, you're making standards that are different that is based on race. If you would critique a white movement the way that it should be interrogated, broken apart, and criticized when it needs to be criticized, what kind of, it's like, it's kind of like in school, I've heard again the same argument where it's like, oh, well, we shouldn't criticize black children in school or at the university for art or something like that. It's like you're creating different standards for critique and and building constructive responses to things because they're black and you're, you're making this mystical version of, in this case, blackness, mm -hmm. when that's not how, if you have respect for anyone or any practice, you're going to have the same standards for everyone in a certain way. I'm not sure if that yeah. makes sense. But. No, that makes and sense. You're, yeah. Go ahead. Your your attorney Chelsea. Um, I'm I'm sorry. Hmm? Oh, oh. You your attorney uh, Frank Avila. Um, uh, he posted. Um, he posted. He tagged me on it. He he um your, he posted a a a um a survey from Pew Charitable Trust. Now they're another donor, huge liberal organization. So. Uh, Black Lives Matter, 74% is white. And so, and again, and you know, you brought this up, I did, because I'm always the one criticizing Black Lives Matter. But I mean, these organizations, we are in a dangerous, we are really, it just shows you how diabolical liberalism is, is that mm -hmm. none of these groups are focusing on, you, you know, there is a, the in, in San Francisco, they represent 40%, 4% of the population, yet 38% of the homeless people down there. Yeah. I mean, black suffering is, you know, Chelsea's like, well, keep, I'm not going to talk about the black on black violence, but the suffering of black people is unprecedented. Again, we are commodities, like what you see sitting on a Walmart shelf, and our suffering has tremendous value. 
And so none of this is being addressed right now. And that's what made the, the Portland movement so unique. It was bigger than police brutality. They were setting up the autonomous zones similar to Occupy Wall Street. That, that was a real movement about economic, you know, economic radical redistribution, which is what we need. Yeah. These groups aren't talking about that. These groups are capitalists. You got people saying Black Lives Matter is a Maoist organization. It's not Maoist. I wish it was. But these are capitalist organizations that are funded by major corporations. And we just got to fuck, excuse me, start having a conversation about this. And I'm trying to sound more logical. I'm you trying can, not you to can, You can curse on this show. Just mm-hmm. saying. I know, but I'm trying to, you know, I'm old, you know, I'm trying to be more professional and, you know, I'm, I am trying, I'm, tr- I'm working on, it. you know, it's, it's my own, you know, you're trying to be more, professional. I get criticized and you came to the wine cellar to be more professional. <laughs> well, the thing is, brother, I tried where I worked in a factory for, when is it like three, four weeks? I, I couldn't make it, brother. I couldn't make it. I couldn't, I'm judging. I could not make it. I, I couldn't, you know, I didn't, I, I couldn't last. So, you know, it was far though, but I was taking like my scooter. It was like a two hour ride. It was, it was, it was a catastrophe. I was on my, on the highway on my scooter, shit going 40 miles an hour to get, I mean, my point is, is that there is a huge penalty for black people telling the truth. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and this is why I want to be growing my old fool because there's a huge penalty for us, you know, because I used to be part of that establishment. And now that I'm on the outside, I'm trying to, you know, but I just can't lie anymore. I just can't, I just can't lie. Yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah, on the wine cellar, we literally have an episode titled, This is Why a Lot of People Need to Be Killed. That's a real title. We don't, we it's, don't. it's an episode that can be played. I think uh, the first one we did together was um, Uppity, Uppity Negroes, Negroes with, with No Cotton to Pick. pick. Yeah. And, yeah. So you came somewhere <laughs> real nice to be professional. You can say the fuck word here. <laughs> He called the shit poop. <laughs> and this is why, you know, I can't, I don't get mad at right-wingers when they do things like they say, oh, George Soros is funding that. And a knee-jerk reaction to people on the liberal left. You know, I lump together because our left is so <clears throat> fake and non-existent, really, in the United States um, that I just, I lump them with liberals. They, some of them are Marxists, but they like always power to the Democratic Party in some way, or their employment is wrapped up in the Democratic Party in some way. You know, yeah. they middle class kind of Marxists. And anyway, um, you know, I don't, I can't get mad at right wingers even if I don't agree with what they think are solutions or their politics if they're telling the truth about something. They're saying, you know, the liberal media, you know, or the you know fake news. I don't get mad about that because it is fake. Yeah, like it I is. Said, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make a crusade against right wingers because it makes my allegiance to the Democratic Party seem okay. I'm not gonna you know, I'm gonna well, it, okay. yeah. and that's a difference between Well that, that's the difference between Biden and, and Trump is that Trump at least parrots the outraged of white people that have been dis, dispossessed and lost all their jobs under <clears throat> NAFTA. Where Biden doesn't even have to do that. He doesn't have to recognize that you know the rage and and white liberal white conserv white working class men predominantly they are outraged and we should be outraged too but we're just not you know yeah. and i'm gonna have to call out the black agenda review on this stuff you know they 
Yeah, Black Report. Yeah, Black Agenda Report. You know, now that Bruce Dixon has made transition, they become liberal. They they are become liberal. Mm-hmm. And this one, these two, these two people, they were talking about how, and they, and this the thing is, they silence white radicals. They were just like, well, you know, this is more about white radicals, so-called white radicals, criticizing Black Lives Matter on taking all this money from the Ford Foundation and George Soros. Yeah. They shouldn't be criticizing how Black Lives Matter gets them. I'm like, are you crazy? I didn't argue with them on that because they, you know, are you crazy? Like the Ford Foundation, really? You know, the corporate that's funded in endless wars and the Nazi party and, and privatization and the military right now, the Ford Foundation. I mean, it's crazy. This is the thing. And this is why we need. And this is why the wine sellers are so good because we need a radical movement because there's so much sellout going on. There's yeah. just so much selling out because people are afraid. I get it. But, you know, also just because, you know, they're selling out. Yeah, I think um, I'm not, you know, opposed to those criticisms of, um, you know, like these big charities that contribute shit. I think the only reason that the George Soros thing in particular makes me uncomfortable is because it's usually tied to anti-Semitism. And it's like, that's kind of shitty. Yeah, exactly. But, um, you know, but I mean, I, I do yeah. think there is a valid criticism of um, pointing out how, you know, a lot of these liberal organizations are allegedly doing like anti-racist work or are like anti-sexism or anti-poverty but they're still not intentionally solving those solutions because like if you would just give the money to people we could solve these problems and they don't so i feel like there is really and you know i think we talked about that on a previous episode about the um was it the um non-profit industrial capitalists yes thank you and so you know i think that uh, yeah, but you know, I think that really is, um, you know, a valid criticism, and people really just don't want to hear it because, and I, I think that also comes down to that like individual factor too of like, but I gave money to the Red Cross, I'm a good person, and it's like, you gave money to a corporation that isn't going to do shit for anybody. You're not actually a good person. Like that doesn't make you a good person. And I, I think that there's like that personal accountability that people don't really want to wrestle with, you know. Well, the Red Cross under under um, Bill Clinton, they went to Haiti and totally um, supposed to build all of these houses after the hurricane. Not only did not build the houses, but turned loose rapists on the uh, the, the the populations. Um, you know, child yeah. rape. Um, you know, these are the non. And if I'm wrong on that, I know because the unit in response, I know about the houses, but I'm pretty sure. That no, no, you're correct. No, you're right. And actually, um, one of I forgot what the outlet was. I can go back and try to find it. But actually, one of the most like uh, in depth and realistic articles I read about the situation in Haiti started off with talking about how there was this young woman who uh, had it was a single mom had children, and basically she was literally sleeping with a bag of rice tied around one of her legs, her kid in one arm, and a machete in the other arm because she knew like looters and rapists were gonna come in her tent in the middle of the night, and like it was like yeah. Like, that's, like, that was the reality. And, like, the Red Cross built, like, five fucking houses and was, like, peace. And left. Yeah. And, like, what? why the fuck did we give them this money? Why the fuck are they a 501c3 when this is what they're doing and this is how the people they're helping are living? And it's, like, really frustrating. They did do a, an amazing press conference. Yeah, I mean, this This is, this is, this is, um, you know, this is what it looks like. And only, and again, you know, I always thought George Soros was a cool guy. You know, I, I thought he was Greek personally, um, but even when I, when, sorry, when I found out he was Jewish, I, you know, I mean, I don't care about that, you know, I mean, um, but 
it's just him funding plot, you know, when it yeah. hurts the black community. But no, I, I, I know the, the, the anti-Semites. But, you know, I mean, it's, it's um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's yeah. oh, can we throw in this Hamilton thing, by the way? Is there a plan? I haven't girls? seen it yet. And- I have not either. I'm not either. But you do know we, we give all this beef about Rush, Mount Rushmore and how it's evil. And yeah, it's evil. But then we, we turn around and then we allow Hamilton, they, you know, to put all these slave catchers as great people. I mean, and then you have these. I think the biggest right, thing on. about Hamilton is knowing that the guy who wrote it used to get his ass beat by um, Immortal Technique in high school. And like, I think that sums up every expectation I would have of Hamilton, <laughs> to be honest. But white liberals love it, though. Of course they, they do. Love it. And of course now, they do. And now Walt Disney is putting out, and Walt Disney, by the way, is one of the major, major military uh, contractors. I wrote about that on my post today. Um, it's a major political uh, contractor, and and not to be anti-Semitic, but it's also part of their military. They are partnered with a, a firm that's based in the, and again, love the Israeli people. They get a bad brush because a lot of them are, totally against what's happening in the palace so that's american yeah. money that is mm-hmm. um that's you know that's a lot of that but um this is a war contractor um in israel that's also based with um and again to be clear this is the, the this is american money that's driving a lot of the apartheid state in israel oh yeah oh um, for sure but but this is they are partnered with walt disney um in and providing technology to destroy people in Iraq and Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I mean, it's, it's just ridiculous that we're going so much after these monuments. Yeah. But yet we go at, we, we love Hamilton well, and black people should be protesting Hamilton. I mean, that is such a white liberal thing though, because what do they love more than rehabbing assholes from history? Like they fucking rehab George W. Bush at this point. Like, Oh yeah. Like this oh, is yeah. just what they do. Oh, you're not and in then, office anymore. Totally, I don't have to hate you. And then totally erasing slavery. Totally yeah. erasing slavery. Yeah, the that Hamilton joint. Uh, apparently, that's on the the Disney. And I figured, you know yeah. what? I'm because I, I saw um, Lisa Loco, longtime wine cellar squadron. Uh, Lisa Loco had posted about it, like sharing one of the uh, anti-capitalist critiques of it. Yeah, and so I went ahead and um, expanded the Hulu to add the Disney. So, and I I got through about fifty two minutes of it. It's super long. I think it actually exceeds two hours. Oh, okay. Uh, which is why I have not finished it because just my work hours with the podcast and the factory. But mm-hmm. so far, what I've mostly been critiquing, like because you know I'm a, I'm a hip hop head, is what types of flows. And what types of rhyme styles and cadences that they're appropriating for this propaganda piece, which is, and it is well delivered. That's one thing I will not front mm-hmm. on. I'm not going to come on here and be like, nah, son, that <laughs> shit's whack. No, the rhyme. Well, propaganda. Yeah, but. Propaganda is always well delivered. But yep. Yeah, like the skit. Well, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Biden. Well, <laughs> but, uh, oh, God, Joe Biden. But black people are voting for yeah, but uh, but it it really is like well done. Like the the skill is there. The performers definitely did their job, but there is slick shit that they're doing to make that propaganda happen. I was posting about it, 
and I probably won't be able to finish it until September. Like, let's get all the moving done, yeah. and then I'll sit down and wrap it up. Yeah, I feel like that was actually well, one of my um, biggest criticism, criticisms of Obama was everybody kept saying, like, of course, the race like, he's so well-spoken. But people were like, he's so charismatic. And I was like, I don't get it. Yeah, he's a nickel-slick nigga to me. Like, when he like, stood up in front of those black uh, teenagers in, in the Carolinas, uh. this was back in the 2007-8 run, and he did the Jay-Z brush your dirt off your shoulder thing. Mm-hmm. I think it's because I'm already, like, at that point in my mid-20s and yeah. getting jaded. It's like I just started my adulthood with fucking a recession. Fuck yeah. off. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, yeah. that shit pissed me off. But I can see, like, a boisterous, young, enthusiastic new voter. That's yeah, I've, like, never, I've never got the Obama is charismatic thing. I've never, I've well, never heard he him make a speech and be like, this guy's amazing. Yeah. Well, he was an amazing puppet. You know, I mean, he was very. I mean, again, this was a. This is a Benetton. He got. He got corporate. He got um, the public relations campaign of the year. It's every year one corporation gets it. Benetton got it, but Obama's presidency got it. This guy was made, and it's no, no, it's no. Um, I mean, it's clear why Hamilton came out. Um, came out with, during the Obama presidency. Yeah. But you know, my 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 friend, I call he's I consider him more Israeli because I think he's a lot more. He's got that is that radical, you know. Um, prog- I think a very progressive spirit. But I checked with him before I said this. I don't know, sorry, check. But you know, I said, what if they? I, we were talking about Hamilton, and he why he listens to the show. This is why I'm I'm, I'm referencing. I'm not going to say his name because I don't know. You know, if um, if um, you know, he wants that shared. But but uh, he, I asked him. I said, what if what what if they made a a, a, a a, a movie about where Nazis were glamorized as, you know, Jews, Jewish people or played Nazis, you know, like, mm-hmm. and made them seem like cool people. Would that, would that, you know what I mean? And it's the same thing. Slave, cap, slave, people who owned slaves were Nazis of their days. Yeah. But yet, because of black, but see, this is why black people, we need to be vigilant on this education because our history it can be bought and sold like black people were bought and sold on an auction block well i think like the biggest thing there is when people say they don't understand this i always ask is why is the holocaust called the holocaust as if holocausts have not happened um you know because uh, what happened to indigenous people when their land was stolen um the atlantic uh, transatlantic slave trade was that not also a holocaust and nobody will say no King Leopold, you fuck that nigga. Um, But nobody will ever say that's not a Holocaust, but they'll still refer to the Holocaust as the Holocaust. It's like, thank you for saying that. Carlita, thank you for saying that. Blank that, blank that. You know what I mean? That that was my spirit right there. Fuck that nigga. You said that for me. I mean, actually, I said it for me, but I'm happy to let you participate. Uh, yes, thank you for letting me ride on your coattails. Ride on the cypher. That's all right, Dr. Springler. Um, uh, a year from now, it'll just be you and I watching them do the show for us. Really? It's all right. Light-skinned niggas have feelings. We have opinions, and we would like to be heard. Don't worry, we'll just wear our bandanas, and we'll just watch them do our show. <laughs> Well, since you gave me the floor, uh, you know, there's another show called The Hunters On. And this show, and I like this, it's about, so it's some, some Jewish folk. 
Oh, and yeah, yeah. They go after. Yeah, and what's the, the, the Italian fella? Not Robert De Niro, but... Um, what's Al Pacino. Al Pacino. Al Pacino. And, and man, and they got some black folks in there, too. They mm-hmm. go after these Nazis. They like go after, and that's the thing. I mean, the Israelis were serious. The um, whites were like, "Well, we're gonna." Just is start. The um, who the fuck did us and get out? That Jordan cast. Oh yeah, yeah is, he's like he's like the producer or some shit of that, right? Like he's the yeah. producer of that show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that shows you something. You know, black folks forgiven. You know, the, the, what what? So these are these are Jewish people. And what they're doing is they are going after Nazis, the ones that America, let, you know, brought over here and then used them for all this stuff. And yes. The, the, these the, the, the Jewish citizens in Israel went after them, and this is what this show is about. So it's ironic because what would America, what would black folks do? The Jews right. would go after them and kill them, when yep. Americans, black Americans, would be go after them and forgive them. Wait, so come into my church. We gonna forgive you. We gonna find you and forgive you. Wait a second. Let me hop this, in on 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 all of you. You just did you just get a message that you need to go to a meeting? Oh no no no. Alexandra's gonna be oh. calling in on this line. So you know, for a swap cast. Oh um, shoot. Okay. Yeah. Cause yeah. Oh damn. It's four thirty. Yeah. Shit. But okay. um, before we go, I just want to share a little quick anecdote. I actually know Nazis. What? Like not like like not like neo Nazis like Richard yeah. Spencer shit, but like actual fucking Nazis. Um, because of the foster care house I was placed in was a white suburban um, foster care household. And it was very near a, um, I'm not going to say the name because like, I'm not trying to like fucking dox myself, but it was a, um, it was a scientific facility. Right. Mm. And so they were doing like, I don't like chemistry and physics shit and whatever. And so actually after the war, uh, what they did was like the United States was poaching Nazi scientists Mm -hmm. because a lot of them were brilliant despite their fucking Nazism. Right. They were good at their jobs. And so the United States actually poached them and brought them over. So I actually knew which the church um, that my foster family sent me to, like it was a regular thing Mm. to have services in German on holidays and singing um, hymns and things in German on holidays. And that's because there were like literal fucking Nazis and their kids um, that I came up with (laughs) in a lot of ways. So yeah, actually, um, so that's how the United States government treated Nazis. Um, They were like, oh, Mm -hmm. you're good at your job and you're good at like science and medicine and math and shit. Like come get a free pass. We don't give a fuck what the, we don't give a fuck that you were a Nazi. And so that's, just interesting when it comes down to how deep white supremacy in America goes. Like, they literally fucking forgave Nazis and gave them a free pass to just come over here and live and paid them. Damn. So I don't, I don't want to... Which, which oh. was better treatment than we got after World War II. Right. And yeah. they also treated them a lot better in concentration camps than they treated American black soldiers. Right. So, like, I mean, that's the thing is, like, World War II soldiers came home and still couldn't, you know, like, take a piss in a white bathroom. But fucking Nazis got over here and got jobs. They also couldn't wear their uniform. There was one soldier who was blinded in the South because he wore his uniform. They couldn't Mm -hmm. wear their uniforms. Yep. Damn. Shit. All right. So we actually. Oh, what up, Dr. Springler? I was going to say, we don't. I mean, I don't feel like anyone owns this country anything. I mean, it's. After so much time, and they've, and again, it's like liberals deciding what is the real atrocity versus what is a atrocity, what kind of an atrocity we're okay with this in our history. Like, why did they decide that? Why did, you know, 
Um, I've, you know, I've been blocked by white Jews. I remember a specific instance because I used oh, yeah. black diaspora, and they said diaspora is only for oh, yeah. Jews victims of the Holocaust. And I said, oh, capitalism. No. Is no. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah. In what way does, you know, just as an example, but again, it's like, why does King Leopold get a pass, but Adolf Hitler is the worst person in our history? Like, right. This, this is a problem. America is all up in that. Yeah, which, I mean, ultimately, um, in particular, European Jews, if you want to know why the, in America they're considered white, look at how offended Americans are by Nazis in the Holocaust. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, they don't give a fuck about, like, Ethiopian Jews, right? Or oh, yeah. uh, Mizrani, right? They don't give a fuck. Shepardin, they don't give a fuck, but, you know. Mm-hmm. You know. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This, the, 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 the wine cellar has never taken this turn before. Oh, yeah. We have not had a good, yeah. solid... Well, I mean, I showed you what my people look like, so. All right. Yeah, this this is a whole new type of episode. I have no idea. I might just title this by the date of recording. Like, this is just Talk Fury 72620. And it's dope, so you should listen to it. And, like, 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 that's the tagline. It's dope. And I think, and that's also, like, when you have over a thousand episodes, there are titles that are just, like, Everything you would expect from the wine cellar is in this episode. We do have an episode actually <laughs> titled that. Oh my god! Yeah, so uh, we do need to. So we need to move over and start recording Swapcast. Yes. Yes. So we do. So yeah. okay. And, oh yeah, Alexandra is on the line. Probably like, what the fuck is going on? I thought we <laughs> nice. were recording. There's all these like random people nice. on here. <laughs> all right. So Top Fury is ending abruptly, and we are going to talk about sex workers' rights next. Thank yes. you, Father Muckers. I wanted to do more chitty chatty chit chat and chit chat yes but we will catch that up dr springler is going to be getting down there to the bayou as it were to the bayou maybe down on bourbon street i hear they call it wait does this mean i can come go to mardi gras and like crash on your couch that is possible yes i would like for that to happen i would like for that to happen i'm just saying Uh uh-oh doctor so your your audio went all the way out what'd you say oh i said i'm not going to bourbon street though one place I won't go. All right. Oh. But yeah, I would like to come visit you for Mardi Gras. I would, I would like to attend the festivities. Uh, Just saying. I, I will not. I will, I will be at home. Bet you will. I'm delightfully boring. <laughs> All right. And, oh, uh, no, because I, I think I'll be down by that point. And you got, no, you can't, no, brother, because, no, uh-uh, you, you got to come. You got to come, uh-uh. And most but likely. We'll, we'll hang out. We'll, they can go to the Mardi Gras, you know, in Bourbon Street. We'll go to the ones out in the with the with the, with the voodoo folks out in the swamps. We'll we'll go out into the swamps. Okay, okay. Oh no, I, I I'm atheist even for old black religions across the board. Everything. You know, you I know somebody that. who once said you used to be a fucking voodoo priest in a former life. Yeah, that's not true. <laughs> they need to show video. <laughs> Don't worry, it ain't like that. They ain't asking for no money and nothing like this. As long as you can dance and, uh, you know, it's, you know, as long as you got rhythm, that's the only requirement. And I'll, I'll probably be in between shifts anyway, mandatory um, six-day work yeah, weeks. Yeah. And then podcasting on Sundays. I don't get to stop. We're going li- <laughs> to liberate you. We're going to liberate you. It's coming. We're going to liberate you. There's it's 80 Patreon subscribers. Yes. Get 80 more Patreon subscribers. It's there. It's I'll, there. Get, I'll get the hell out and go... Uh, All right go bust a cop's head wide open. This video is going to get taken down now. Huh. All right. Uh, media.com. Uh, and again, we are on the way to um, Dr. Springler and I will just kind of be watching 
Eric and Phoenix do the show. Nah. I mean. Later, yeah. <laughs> They'll have freckles contest. Huh. All right. Well, you know, for me, y'all can make a sign when I need to uh, slow it down. <laughs> uh, Senor knows how to do that. Y'all can, y'all can make a sign for me. Now, like, not because you both just do the misogynistic Bernie finger, the Bernie Sanders waving at Hillary. If you just do that to each other when it's time. All right. That was the Kimbe Matumbo, by the way. You have a lot of stuff memorized. We need to centralize some of these thoughts because I think we can pull three hours out of one topic with you. Oh, fuck but, yeah. yeah, we got it. We got to move it along. All right. And I'm going to catch up All with right, you on Messenger through the week. Later. All right. Bye, y'all. Peace. Ending Facebook Live. Yes. Oh, end. Okay. Yes. End the Facebook call. Yes. All right, y'all. Be safe, yo. Bye. Bye. End also, call. I have to pee. Close. So I'm going to go do that. Alexandra's online. Okay. Okay, so let's see here. And testing. One, two, three. Uh, Alexandria, can you hear me? Oh, shoot. Something has gone terribly wrong. What happened here? I say what happened here? Okay, so do I need to uncall myself? Here, matter of fact, Alexandria, if you have the Facebook, can you hit up William J. Jackson and we can try it through a uh, Facebook call? And it, matter of fact, I think I have you on the Facebook. I'll try to try to find you here. All right, because you can probably hear me if you're on there. So let's. Uh... Oh shit! Well, I thought that should.